Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rock bondage. Rock bondage is edge play with inherent risk. And we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners and have been practicing together for nearly five years now. We live in Bangkok and love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live. Friction Live offers a variety of king classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement your rope, which you can follow along with from pretty much anywhere because it's online. You can attend the class live or view it recorded at your convenience. Check them out at frictionlive.ca. So today, Fox, we're talking about bedroom bondage, a use of rope that's an entry point for many. Pun yes, intended. Ma. Oh, like entry point, like in penetration. <coughs> oh, don't explain it. That kills it dead. So anyway, what's bedroom bondage, Fox? Well, Maya, bedroom bondage is bondage you do in the bedroom as opposed to kitchen bondage <laughs> or bathroom bondage or garage bondage. Right. Uh, Maya, <laughs> bedroom bondage typically is how we refer to simpler bondage that is more pragmatic with the goal of having sex with your partner usually. Yeah, and it can also be used to restrain people for other activities in the bedroom, mm -hmm. um, given we're usually kinky. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it could also be used for restraining people for those activities elsewhere. But yes, the simpler aspect of it is very important. All right. So it's not going to be the most fancy or the most artistic. Uh, we want to get things done with bedroom bondage. <laughs> All right, so quick and dirty then. Tell me about that. So first of all, something to consider is if you're doing bedroom bondage, your partner may or may not be into rope as an activity in and of itself. And if they're not that much into rope, but they want the experience of being tied or they want to be tied while having sex. Or restrained. Or restrained. Uh, then you have to adapt the way you tie if you're the rigger and probably not have a long, drawn-out, drag-the-rope-across-your-skin, body manipulation, synchronizing our breaths together kind of experience, which, honestly, I find amazing in a rope scene. But maybe that's not our purpose here with bedroom bondage. Maybe we just want to get the person in a certain position. We want to get them tied down securely, and then we can... Go to town. So don't spend 30 minutes fucking around with your rope. Yeah, that's usually not what's expected with bedroom bondage. You want efficient, you want quick, and you want as safe as reasonably possible. Um, what do you mean by safe as reasonably possible? Like, Well, the thing with bedroom bondage, if you're going to be having sex or doing impact or another activity that implies a lot of movement, is that you're bottom is going to be moved around quite a bit, right? By all that action. And so <laughs> if the rope is pressing in a bad place, or if it's too tight, or if on the other hand it's too loose and it's like falling around with all the movement, that can get you in trouble a bit. 
Okay. Um, and also it's quite simple usually. So there's not like huge numbers of wraps to support. It's yeah, not like yeah, it's not a super and... fancy TK or a chest harness. It's usually more like single wraps and so on. And so it's not going to be able to support as much weight potentially. Yeah. And it also doesn't need to be pretty. Um, usually they won't, uh, you won't be taking photos or if you do, the, uh, photos are less likely to be focused on the rope part of yeah. the, uh, uh, scene than the uh, exposed genitals of your partner potentially I can see this is one of our more classy episodes already well we have a sex positive podcast sure sure um, so it doesn't need to be pretty um, and honestly if the both of you or the three of you or the ten of you what have you uh, are busy coming your brains out you're not going to care too much about what the rope looks like yeah yeah so what about that's the quick what about the dirty Haha. Well, if we're going to be having sexy times, one thing that is going to be very key is access. Yes. And so we're going to want positions that allow us to get into whatever place we're trying to get into. Okay, that seems fair. And then the dirty to go straight to the point might be the fluids that you get on your ropes. Mm. Uh, so think about things like, are you going to share that rope between partners or is it a dedicated rope that you use only with that one bottom? Yeah, because depending on where a rope goes um, or depending on what happens to that rope, mm-hmm. uh, you might, your bottom or indeed yourself might want to uh, wash it or um, use a different rope in future. Yeah. Yeah, and how much do you care about that one piece of rope? Is it your favorite rope that was bestowed upon you by your Japanese master who's now passed and you keep it in a little shrine? And that's not the rope you're going to use for your bedroom bondage, probably. You're going to use either a synthetic that you can wash easily or you're going to use your old rope that you retired from your suspension kit because it was getting a bit fuzzy, uh, but it, it's fine to have some pussy juice on it now. Okay. Um, and also don't forget to handle the clothes and rope interaction. So we've definitely been caught by this in the past. Uh, yes. So one thing that can be quite fun is to tie up your partner with some of their clothes still on and let's say with lingerie and so on. But it's really not fun when you've just finished tying that photo and you realize you've forgotten to take off the panties first. Yes, and then you can't really get the access that you're looking for because... Or you have to cut off the panties, which personally I'm into, but your partner might have views If it's their good lingerie. If it's their Victoria's Secret, they shelled a few hundred bucks on. You want to uh, have negotiated that beforehand for sure. Um, And it might be just... It becomes quite awkward Mm -hmm. then. So, Maya, you're a psychologist. Sometimes, yes. (laughs) What can you tell us about the relationship between sexual arousal and risk awareness in humans? So there is a great deal of evidence and research that says that when we're sexually aroused, we take less good decisions. Um, And so we strongly, strongly suggest, and we do with all rope, but um, sexually aroused particularly, do your negotiation beforehand. Don't be negotiating when you're all sexy times because your brain is going to make less uh, risk-aware decisions and you might regret those decisions later. You might not, but it's more probable. So better to make the decision um, in a state where you're 
you're more coldly logical than when you're all aroused. Yeah, so things like safer sex protocols, for instance, mm-hmm. probably this... decide those or renegotiate those in the middle of your sexy times, but have that like at at a cafe, drinking your favorite drink, when there's like the fluids in your body are a bit more settled, maybe. Yeah, and don't be discussing, oh, why don't we just do some, you know, penis needles while we're... Uh, having sexy times, like yeah. have that discussion beforehand. All right. So Maya, we think all rope bondage is kind of dangerous, right? We do. We think it's edge play. We are very clear about that. Uh, in this case, if we're going to have sex in the rope, we have to account for the fact that there's going to be movement, for instance, back and forth or up and down, that kind of thing. Or <laughs> round and round. <laughs> uh, and that is going to increase the mechanic effect of the rope on the body so that's an increase in risk of injury there yeah and i laughed a bit when you said comfortable rope yeah uh, earlier because i've been in your bedroom bondage quite a few times now and rarely is it comfortable okay nice it means whatever i'm doing is working uh-huh. uh, you also have to account for the fact that you might have the weight of one or several people on top of you yeah you definitely might uh, and the duration you're going to stay in the bondage might be longer if you get really into the acts you're mm-hmm. doing. You might lose your sense of time a bit. It's probably not somewhere in the corner of the bedroom with a stopwatch, unless that's your kink, which is valid. <laughs> uh, and so you might end up being in the rope longer than you think. Yeah, and another one is... Um shearing forces because what you sometimes find in bedroom bondage if the person is tied to themselves and we saw this happen is one person might lift someone Mm -hmm. um, into a different position or flip them over or flip them around while they're tied up and you sometimes get shearing forces so we saw someone get a tk injury really grievous injury from a tk yeah because they were um turned over during some sexy times Uh, in a scene that we watched at a party. So that's definitely something to be aware of. If you're like flipping your partner left, right and center, just be aware of what that rope is likely to do to that person. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that's a a really good point. Uh, Of course, if we're going to include sexual activities with our rope, the negotiation gains a new chapter with things around safer sex, as we mentioned, also potentially disclosing any STIs Mm -hmm. the partners might have. Uh, that is uh, better to have a conversation before than after symptoms start to appear, probably. Indeed. Uh, and you may or may not want to disclose what other sexual partners you have, mm-hmm. depending on how you do things. Um, that aspect of things can require a lot of honesty and trust, in my opinion, Yeah. to be yeah. able to have those conversations. But personally, I think it's quite important to do so. Yeah, because you're adding the um, potential emotional impact of rope mm-hmm. to the potential emotional and vulnerability of sex. And those two things on their own, you know, have some uh, emotional vulnerability to them. Yeah. So when you combine them, then then there's more possibilities for that. And it's even maybe a bit multiplicative in the effect when you like the vulnerability from the rope plus the vulnerability from the sex, right? Sure, sure. So you need to plan in for perhaps um, appropriate aftercare and also debriefing to talk. Yeah, about. I would. I would probably tend to uh, want more aftercare for a sexual scene than for a non-sexual scene on average. And people might not be used to debriefing sex, so mm. you also might need to set that up beforehand. Well, I'll just say debriefing is really useful if you want to get 
better at something and getting better at sex is a really good idea in my book. <laughs> hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. All right, so what might be some considerations for tops in this uh, bedroom bondage situation? I think as a top in a bedroom bondage situation, it's really easy to get overexcited because obviously Indeed. that's part of the goal right. of the scene, right? <laughs> to get aroused, but you might have to rein it in a little bit at times to ensure you're managing the rope properly and your safety practices are reasonable. And well, you kind of have, uh, I'm, I'm going to give my perspective as a male without a bit, as one could say, mm -hmm. and it can be sometimes difficult to be focused enough to tie the rope in the way I want to and also relaxed enough to perform sexually at the same time, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on the context, how many people are at the party, whether or not you're wearing your favorite dinosaur costume, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I can buy you one for Christmas. Thank you. Okay. Uh, at, at the other end of the scale, there was one time where we had a play partner come over and you were so excited that you didn't even finish the tie. Yeah, okay. She. I found her extremely attractive indeed and the rope was more um expedited that sometimes I was like what where's the rest of the rope uh, we talked about more of a die than this the, the penis was ready the penis was not waiting for the rest indeed, of the rope to happen. indeed that's uh but this, uh, all was good in the end everyone yeah had a good everyone time. had a nice time yeah <laughs> Um, and so from a bottom perspective, yes, Maya, tell us. Um, I think that you need to be able to keep a bit of an eye on your nerves, your circulation mm -hmm. and your other, um, internal, uh, safety indicators. So the okay. things that your top can't mind read while doing the sexy. So that's the, the kind of same piece around, um, so it might be difficult to check your nerve while getting rammed by two giant cocks then. <laughs> okay. If you say so, but yes. I'm just I'm just repeating right. what I'm hearing you say. Um and also um sometimes you get some surprising injuries like rope burn, um, things like that. And also sometimes things that feel good at the time, like later might feel quite challenging. So sometimes we've done crotch rope, uh -huh. um, which in the moment of sexy can feel quite nice, but then your pussy can be out of action for like a week. Which so, you find less fun. I find that less fun, yeah. I find that very frustrating. So, hmm. um, you know, you're going to build up some learnings as you go. That, um, that's very fair. And I think it's useful to keep in mind that if you have to untie because of getting tired, because of risk of injury, because of whatever, that doesn't mean the sex has to end. You can absolutely. definitely continue the sex after the bondage part is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bondage is a tool as part of the sex play in terms of what we're talking about, just like a vibrator or other 
activity. So Maya in this case, and differently from what we usually talk about on the rope podcast, here the rope is not so much the focus of the activity, right? Yeah, and we talked about some other activities that you can use this simpler type of, in inverted commas, bedroom bondage for. Mm -hmm. uh, and a good example would be how we have used rope around uh, needles play. Yeah, because you um, enjoy needles, but you find the pain intense, right? Yes, yes, I do. And we started needles only 15, 16 months ago, mm -hmm. uh, and I was less keen. Yeah. You, you wanted to start needles and you needed a needle bottom. And so that became me. Uh, but consensually. I cons <laughs> consensually as part of your being yourself. Um, but I was less keen and also unable to stop running away. Yeah. And you also sometimes wanted to punch me in the face. And that is really as a rigor, the test of the quality of your double column tie is does it prevent your partner from punching you in the face when she really wants to? There are sometimes moments during needles when it hurts a lot and I do want to either run away or uh, be more aggressive than I am typically. Yeah, that is your uh, fight or flight, pike or rage response, Indeed. as we like to call it. Indeed. So anyway, uh, needle play is an area where we've used this simple mm -hmm. bedroom bondage and there are plenty of other activities that combine There are many. Well. So we've covered quite a bit uh, intercourse with your biological bits. Mm -hmm. You can also use all kinds of sex toys Absolutely. while your partner is uh, tied up, insertables, uh, vibrators. You might want to use longer toys or toys on a stick of some kind in order to get into places where your whole body wouldn't be able to fit in. So that's always good fun. Uh, we also quite like combining rope with fisting. Right, Maya? Uh-huh. I can't hear you. Can you speak up? Sure. <laughs> uh, rope combines well with wax play. You might want to be careful about whether or not you're okay with getting wax on the rope, but yeah. it's usually a, a successful combination. Works well with impact. We mentioned needles. We also like to put pegs on people, like little uh, pinchy things. Mm -hmm. And... It can also be really fun to do rope with water play, but here there are a lot, a lot, a lot of safety disclaimers. All the safety disclaimers in the universe. Yeah, and we're not talking, we're not specifically talking about any of these activities. We're just yeah. saying that the type of very simplistic tying that we're talking about here can be used for these other things. Yes. So what are the ties most useful for this purpose? We've said simplistic, but what does that mean? Yeah, so I have this idea in my head that you can do pretty much everything you need to do in bedroom bondage by knowing a single column tie and some kind of lock-off that allows you to tie off to an anchor point. Okay. Uh, and in fact, you can do a full suspension with just those two ties that we've demonstrated on one occasion. We did do that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then if you want bonus things to enhance a bit your experience and bring more variety, I would say knowing a good double column tie mm -hmm. is often going to come in handy. Uh, and remember, you often see the double column tie as wrist to wrist or ankle to ankle or knee to knee but there's no reason you can't mix and match and for instance tie a wrist to a knee an tie an ankle to a face or an ankle to a face <laughs> you can get creative and achieve really fun and interesting positions with that yeah 
Yeah, and also you can use a rope blindfold. We like so that. So we lot. talked recently. Um, I'll link to the Facebook episode. Yes. Um, and a rope gag. Absolutely. Just keep in mind that once your uh, partner is gagged, you still need to have some mean of communication. So they can safe word if needed. They can let you know if the rope is hurting in a bad way. So just make sure you establish some mean of communication if you're going to be using gags with your rope or in this case, rope gags. Definitely. Um, one thing that is really fun, especially for intercourse, is harnesses that incorporate handles that you can grab your partner by. Uh, for instance, if you put a chest harness on someone who is on the receiving hand of doggy style penetration, then the person doing the penetrating from behind can grab onto that and really go to town. And that can be quite intense and fun. You're so sexy. Thank you. Um, You're so sexy too. And then there are ties that hold a vibrator in place. Yeah. Uh, they're not always easy. Simple. They're not always <laughs> These easy are the bonus to ties. have them work the way you want. Or be in the right place or stay in the right yeah, place. Yeah, if you're using a vibrator on a female, like on a pussy in particular, getting the vibrator just on the right spot, depending on the person, can be quite difficult. Very agree. And having a tie that keeps that vibrator there. Especially through bouncing. Difficult. Yeah, bouncing, the rope being moved around. Uh, dear listeners, if you know of any vibrator that is good at staying in place, uh, either with the help of rope or just on its own, with like an insertable part or whatever, uh, please put uh, a line in the comments for this episode because I would be in the market for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also very much helps having the right furniture around because often um, it's helpful to the person to tie them to something. So yeah. you can tie them to themselves or uh, indeed another person. Um, but tying them to furniture can be very nice. Definitely having a bed with a lot of attachment points is going to be super helpful for those endeavors. In fact, uh, I did design such a bed and luckily for us, we live in Thailand with amazing um, woodworking artisans who made the bed from on the basis of my design. And we've had Hours and hours of fun on that bed. Hundreds of hours, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Um, Also having a good solid table. Or a desk. Or a desk. uh, Somewhere where you can bend someone over and tie them to like the feet of the piece of furniture or something like that. That's great fun. A chair with good solid bars. And then you can Mm. tie the rope into the bars of the chair. Cushions. In fact, funny story, I had a specific chair custom made for my rope studio just for chair ties. I That's know. how much I like yep. chair ties. Yeah, we had to look at a lot of chairs to <laughs> get the template for that chair. Yeah, uh, feel free to browse the photos on my profile for many examples of tying people yeah. to furniture. I'll pull out a few different ones, but in general, there are plenty there. All right. Um, But there are some surprising rope and sex interactions, right? Like that we found um, with each other, but also with people that we've played with. Yeah. And also those people themselves were surprised to find things out about their own bodies. For instance, I had a sexual partner who couldn't orgasm if her chest harness was on tight. Okay. 
Uh, I know another person who can't orgasm unless her legs are like straight extended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So In any tie like a futo means like yeah. instant orgasm denial for her. <laughs> and we had someone that we played with the other day who wanted to lift a leg up. Yeah, she needed move a, a leg. one leg up in the air in order to be able to orgasm. So yeah. it's honestly super fun to explore those little idiosyncrasies that every human body has and uh, you discover them as you go along, you debrief, you talk about them, you use them to your advantage or against the other person if you want to be a bit mean and teasing. Uh, it's really good fun. Yeah, yeah. So some examples. We've given a few as we've gone along. Mm -hmm. um, AJ in his Christmas episode uh, scene gave a great bedroom bondage example. So that's episode 85. Yeah, definitely one worth listening to. Uh, one of our earliest um, ties together, mm -hmm. um, in fact, the second week we met, I think, was a star-shaped single column flat to the bed. Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah, and you actually tied lines onto the bed mm -hmm. in order to uh, tie the single columns to yeah, it. Yeah, so that would be an easy way to add anchor points to a bed which doesn't naturally have them. Mm. And yeah, listeners should feel free to check out that photo for an inspiration on how to do that. Because you can buy uh, commercially some straps you put around your bed, but it turns out you don't really need those. You can just achieve the same thing yeah. with the rope you already have. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, other interesting positions include tying the hands together above the head and then some kind of white inverted Y shape for the legs. Mm -hmm. Basically anything that's going to spread the legs, open the legs and give you access to the genitals yep. is probably going to be desirable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, basically you just think of some kind of sex position you like and how would you immobilize someone in that position with rope? And Absolutely. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can do some more advanced stuff. I like to play with uh, doggy style type positions because I am I am a man who is attracted to asses. You really are. I think anyone who's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time knows that by now. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about fair. the bum. You are. And so things like, for instance, a doggy style position but where you tie the elbows to each other and tie the knees to each other and tie the elbows to the knees and have everything in a nice little tight package like that. <laughs> a bit more difficult to achieve, but can be extremely satisfying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and you can also, with um, double columns, tie the thighs to the arms. Yeah. And then put the person on their back like a turtle. Yeah. So that's Sexy what some people might call a crab position if we oh, okay. go with the Japanese, like, classical name for the positions and that is also one that is very very good for penetrative sex um, and for more sophisticated bedroom bondage um, episode 86 with Mark who's the author of the Japanese rope karma sutra mm -hmm. um, he has many positions so there. many examples yeah. amazing illustrations and much more uh, complex but still worth uh, checking out for inspiration absolutely so that's all from us at The Rock Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and come friend us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to Rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. 
In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.